One, two, three, four. Screen time, screen time, screen time, screen time. Screen time. It's my screen time too. Screen time, screen time. Hello, and welcome to It's My Screen Time Too, the podcast where two moms review the best and worst in children's programming. From Netflix reboots and YouTube shorts to Disney classics and Pixar blockbusters, we watch, you listen, find out what you can tolerate watching for family movie night, what to avoid altogether, and what you'll want to watch alone, voluntarily. I'm Katie. And I'm Deborah. And I have two kids, Jay, who is four, and Kenny, who is one. And I have three kids, Tony is 10, and Libby and Nate are seven. And they are really cute right they really are we like to get our mommy out of the way we like to tell a quick story about how awesome or sometimes awful our kids are because we are of course witty and incisive pop culture consumers but we are also moms have your boys done anything adorable this week so kenny is in full repetition mode like he repeats pretty much anything he hears okay which is adorable And Jay has realized that Kenny does this, so he will just release the most ear-piercing, shrieking sounds he can think of to get Kenny to repeat them. Oh, no. It is pretty awful. (laughs) That sounds painful. So tell me your kids are less painful. I had another story lined up, but when I picked up my kids from school yesterday... Nathan was just shrieking, like shrieking everything he was saying. And I had to be like, I love you. I'm happy to see you, but you need to talk in a regular voice. Did he explain why? I think he was just excited. End of the day, got out of school. So yeah, I my ears are not the same as they were before no, I had kids. Definitely not. Yeah, and my tolerance for noise has gotten a lot less. Yeah, weirdly, I don't think I'm one of those moms that has learned to just tune it out. One of the moms we had staying with us back when we had a million different people staying with us, like her kids Mm -hmm. could be like tearing down the house and making all the noise and she was just cool as a cucumber. Like she didn't even hear it. I'm not there yet. No, I don't. I don't think I'll ever be there. I (laughs) think if I chaperone another field trip, I'm going to bring along earphones. (laughs) That's smart. You got to protect yourself. Yeah. So should we talk screen time in the news? Yes, please. Okay. I suggested this article from the New York Times, a bit of news analysis titled Sesame Street is opening up to Syrian refugees. And it was like a hopeful article, but also a downer because the good people behind Sesame Street are creating or helping to create a version of the show geared towards Syrian refugees because those poor children have been displaced by war in Syria and they have trouble coping with their emotions. And this is going like beyond humanitarian aid that like clothes and feeds and houses refugees but this is like attempting to take care of their mental health of the youngest refugees so they've created a couple new characters called Basma and Jad dad and they have a goat sidekick who eats everything in sight 
Because like, there remember? always have to be one that eats everything. <laughs> yeah, so the goat is like the cookie monster of this version of Sesame Street. And instead of focusing on like numbers and colors and letters, it's going to focus on emotions and having kids identify how they're feeling. And it's good, but it brought me down just because there's a need for this type of show. Yeah, some of the statistics they cited were just so sad because they were talking about how seven-year-olds, which might even be on like the older end for watching Sesame Street, they've been displaced their entire lives. Right. So they really need tools to teach them how to not just survive, but thrive in this environment. And then there was something about how once someone has been displaced for more than five years, the likelihood is that they will be displaced for more than 20. Right. So, I mean, yes, it was a downer, but it just, it made me want to stand up and clap for the people at Sesame Street who are doing what they can to bring all the lessons they've learned from all these years of children's programming and really bring them to an underserved population, which I feel like is something that was in Sesame Street's initial mission. Mission, yes. Um, because we've talked a little bit about like how gritty early Sesame Street was and how it really was geared towards kids who maybe couldn't afford a preschool. And with the whole HBO partnership now, I feel like they've maybe moved a little bit away from that. So it's nice to see that their heart is still in the right place. Mm-hmm. Yes. Should we move on to Katie's rant? I would love to hear your rant. Oh my gosh, I'm always full of them. <laughs> and I considered just asking if you wanted to do a whole episode on this show, and I'm not writing it off, but I watched it a couple weekends ago with Jay, and I just had to get it off my chest. So have you seen the television show Bluey? I have not. Okay, it we discovered it on Disney+, Plus, but I think it has played on Disney Junior, and it's originally from Australia. It's a preschool series about a family of dogs two daughters Bluey and her little sister and their parents Mm -hmm. so the thing that really got me about this show is how much what we see on tv when we are kids shapes how we expect life to be as adults and we talk about this all the time Mm-hmm. I, in particular, am constantly blaming my lack of emotional intelligence on Full House because it made me think that difficult conversations can just be gotten through with like two sentences and a hug. Mm-hmm. I'm still mm-hmm. recovering from that. So the reason that Bluey got me so upset is we, when we did our Bravest Night episode, we were talking about that episode where Sir Cedric came in to comfort Oh, gosh, what Nia came in to comfort Nia during a thunderstorm and they ended up having to do like a full out play battle to distract her. Mm -hmm. And we said, oh, come on, dude, you don't want to teach your kid that like they have to rely on you to get back to sleep every night. Bluey is exclusively this. Every single moment of the show is taken up by playtime with the parents, usually the father, sometimes the mother and the father. And it just drove me bonkers yeah that's setting up a precedent that I'm not interested in it was otherwise a super cute show if they could interject some independence on the on the part of Bluey and her sister I would be all for it because they're really cute they obviously have adorable accents like Mm -hmm. the characters are well drawn but 
I just couldn't get over the fact that every single moment this father was available to just play with the kids all the time. Yeah, and children are so impressionable. Like, my viewing of Clarissa explains it all made me think that I was really going to spend a lot of time in high school wearing, like, jaunty hats. And I thought that all my friends would come in through my bedroom window, and that never once happened. Yeah, that that was the way to know that you really, truly had a best friend. Like, they're only really your best friend if they come in through the window. (laughs) But I feel like the hats would have been pretty achievable. You just decided not to go for it. I couldn't ever pull it off. Aww. Uh, So thank you for letting me rant a little bit about Bluey. Like I said, I'm not ruling out doing an episode on it eventually. Listeners, if you want us to talk more Bluey, let us know. I am actually really excited about today's main topic. We are talking about Lego Masters, guys. This is a pretty new show. It premiered on February 5th on Fox. It airs Wednesdays at 9 p.m. 8 central, but it is also available on Hulu. I actually got some pretty funny pushback from other moms about covering this show because they claimed that as a 9-8 central show, it was on too late for kids. So I hesitated for a minute. I was like, well, maybe we shouldn't cover it. Maybe it's not in our ballywick. Is that how you say that word? Ballywick? I'm not sure. But then I remembered that we live in a post-time slot world. Who cares when it airs? Like, nobody's watching it then. Right. Sometimes I think times of shows indicates how mature the audience should be. Like Law & Order SVU was always like the last show of the primetime lineup. Right. But uh, like this is totally family friendly. Yeah. And I'm totally with you. Like that makes sense in some situations. But in this situation, it just seemed silly. Yeah. So Lego Masters is a reality competition where eight teams of Lego builders take on elaborate building challenges to see who will be crowned Lego master. I have to wonder why the winning title wasn't master builder. To me, Mm -hmm. that phrase was like so prominent in the Lego movies. And it's always what I refer to when I'm talking to Jay about just like free building with Legos. Was there some like copyright issue? I don't know. Were the, oh, the judges were called brick masters. Yeah. Yeah, maybe Yeah, maybe it's trademarked in the movie. Weird. All right, well, the show is hosted by Will Arnett, who you may know as the voice of Lego Batman. And it's actually based on a British show of the same name, so we didn't come up with this on our own. We picked it because our kids love Legos. I, in particular, have seen Lego Batman approximately 50 bazillion times. And we rarely cover shows that seem explicitly geared towards the whole family and I kind of love that idea wouldn't that be perfect to find a show that everyone can watch together that's what we're trying to do here (laughs) that seems (laughs) exactly in our ballywick take that judgy parents so since the show is so new at the time of recording only two episodes have aired we watched episode one called dream park theme park and episode two called space smash So we will challenge ourselves to summarize each episode in only one sentence, and then we will move on to our more general thoughts. Deborah, care to give the pilot a try? In Dream Park Theme Park, all of the Lego building teams were challenged with building their own themed amusement park with one ride 
that moves. And there was a surprise when it came to the illumination at the end of the show. Run on sentence, but pretty short. Yeah, well done. Did you write that down? No. <laughs> I didn't write one down either, so this is going to be a doo-doo show. So episode two, host Will Arnett and guest host Mayim, Mayim Bialik sure. challenged the teams to build space-themed creations that would look really cool when they were dropped or smashed or exploded. And we got to see our first elimination, which no spoilers, but if you watch the episode, it's totally clear who's going home. Very well done. Thank you. (laughs) Okay. So really quick, do you have any thoughts? We've covered Lego properties a couple times on the show, only fictional stuff. We did DC Superhero Girls and Ninjago. Um, Anything else to add about your relationship with Legos and the feelings you were coming to the show with? I love Lego and I only upon watching the first episode of this show learned that the plural of Lego is Lego. I know, me too. And my kids and I discussed it and we all decided that we're just going to keep calling them Legos. (laughs) And I haven't watched a reality show in a long time and so I was excited to watch this and then I didn't watch like any previews and I was so surprised that it wasn't Kid Builders. I thought it was going to be like a show starring kids. Uh huh. So I had the premise. I just made assumptions that were completely wrong. Mm-hmm. I really like Legos, but you can probably guess that I'm very attracted to the instruction following part of building Lego kits because that's yeah. just how my brain works. So I have always been super impressed by people who can just freewheel it. So I was really yeah. excited to watch this. That being said, what did you think of the structure of the show? It was just one long challenge for the entire episode. And they had 15 hours to build in the first episode, and everybody wore the same outfits the whole time. That is a long time. Mm -hmm. I think they really were building for 15 hours. And the next challenge, they had 11 hours. I thought, even though it was just one challenge per episode I thought it did a decent job of creating suspense because there were so many teams and they were all building such different things I thought there was enough like visual interest and producer created drama between the team (laughs) members I thought it held my attention the whole time it was suspenseful in the way a reality show is supposed to be suspenseful like will they accomplish the task will it be good so I I liked it. I thought the structure was good. So unsurprisingly, I have a complaint. I feel like with other reality competitions, like let's just say your Project Runway or no, your Top Chef, like mm-hmm. they have two mini competitions within each episode, right? They have a quick one and like a long form one. Mm-hmm. And I really think that helps break things up and it puts less pressure on the contestants to be consistently engaging. I feel like with just one big long block of time, you Mm -hmm. really, really have to choose your contestants carefully for not only their skill at building with Legos, but their personalities. And to be honest, I don't think a lot of these duos were engaging enough, at least to me. Really? Mm-hmm. See, I felt like we didn't really get enough time with each team. Which, In the first episode, yeah. they introduced each one briefly and just gave like 
Manny and Nestor are the father and son. The dad's from Puerto Rico and they're best friends. <laughs> but, you know, like there was a newlywed couple. They were the bearded builders. You just got like a snippet of information. Yeah. Um, I think on Top Chef and Project Runway, you get a little more background. Well, I hear what you're saying because the first episode of any show, there are always the most teams. You don't know anyone yet. Like, and as the show progresses, mm-hmm. I realize that we will build relationships with these contestants. But I guess just the single competition, the fact that they didn't break it up, we didn't get to hear the judges deliberating or anything. There just wasn't, I mean, maybe I have the attention span of a gnat, but there just wasn't enough for me to break it up. Okay. Part of that was Will Arnett, who I didn't think was very engaging as a host, particularly in the pilot. I thought he got a little better in the second episode. What did you think about Lego Batman? I have opposite feelings. I thought (laughs) he was really funny. I thought he makes a lot of inside jokes about playing Lego Batman. Mm -hmm. He talks to the camera, which is really funny at opportune times. Like he'll be talking with a contestant and then he'll say something as an aside to the camera. So I felt like he was talking right to me. I thought he was hilarious. You are so much nicer than I am. I feel like he was a lot better when he had, I'm going to butcher her name again. I'm sorry. Maya Bialik to bounce Let's just call her Blossom. Yeah, I felt like their patter was better than when it was just him on his own. So I guess I hope they continue to have guest hosts. Mm -hmm. Even though she weirdly left in the middle of the second episode, like she didn't stay for the end. I thought that was strange. They didn't really explain why she was there. Is it because she plays a scientist? Yeah, I think so. It was a Big Bang Theory thing. And I guess she has a PhD. Didn't she say she had a PhD in something science In, like, neuroscience, I think. But that doesn't have anything to do with Lego. No, I think it was a Big Bang Theory thing because they were doing space-themed builds. Okay, maybe. and so as somebody who doesn't watch Big Bang Theory, I could have used a little bit of an explanation. Yeah, although isn't every reality competition show guilty of, like, introducing this weirdo guest judge and you're like, what? What does so-and-so know about Bollywood dance or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I just said it was weird for her to leave in the middle. But now that I'm thinking about it, if it really was 12 straight hours, like obviously she had other commitments. Yeah, she couldn't have spent that much time there. All right. Well, that's the host. What about the competitors? Like you said, they're all really easily described in catchphrases. You had the hot girls, the father-son duo, the newlyweds, the strangers, the beardy dudes, the middle-aged ladies with big hair. And then you had like a series of science teachers. (laughs) (laughs) You had the brothers in suits and you had the cop who was always careful to dress like a cop. Did any of them stand out to you? I really liked the brothers, the ones in suits. I liked the bearded guys. I would have liked to see more of the hot girls because their intro was very interesting because they met in the cosplay community. Mm -hmm. Did you notice the dress one of them was wearing in the second episode? I coveted it so hard. Oh, no. It was a dragon scale dress with a hoodie with like the dragon spikes all the way down the back of the dress. Just like a hoodie I would buy for my son. (laughs) Oh, wow. 
but for a grown up. <laughs> See, to me, I just thought they are transparently there to be like, here are the hot chicks. One of whom is very clearly trying to be Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I really liked the brothers in suits because they always wear Lego lapel pins, which I thought yeah. were so charming. <laughs> Super cute. I found the middle-aged ladies with hair to be really grating, which made me sad because at this point I should be hoping for a middle-aged lady team that I can root for being a pretty much middle-aged lady myself. I wanted to like them more than I did. Yeah, but as you mentioned earlier, Manny and Nestor, the father and son duo from Puerto Rico, they were so great and Mm -hmm. so emotional. There were in just two episodes, quite a few criers on this show. Mm-hmm. So in the first episode, you had Manny and Nestor who were tearing up. And then in the second episode, you had major conflict between the two strangers who didn't really know one another before they started the show. One of whom is a dude in a French braid who is so mean. Yeah. So he was making his poor partner with adorable retro dresses cry. And then later on, they did like a little cutaway interview with uh, the two old men team. And it was so sweet. One of them was tearing up because he was worried about disappointing the other one. Yeah. Just made me want to reach through the screen and hug them. Totally. As for Sam and Jessica, the two that hadn't met before or hadn't built before. Mm Mm-hmm. I wanted to know more about them, too, because they said they met through the Lego community. Is that like an online forum? I mean, I'm sure there are like Lego cons that people go to. Meetups or something? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, I don't know. I was very intrigued by several of these teams, and I think you have to keep watching because you always find out more the further the show progresses. Yeah, for instance, I totally thought I had the newlyweds figured out because their first thing was like, oh, he was really into Legos and she took up the hobby to like please him. And it felt Mm -hmm. like he was just going to be mansplaining Legos to her the whole time. So I was ready to feel a lot of feminist fueled rage. And then the second episode, they really killed it. Right, right. That was that was a surprise. So way to upend our expectations, newlywed couple. So you don't have a note on here, but I do want to find out what your thoughts are on the judges. Oh, well, speaking of feminist rage, (laughs) there are two judges, a man and a woman. And I don't remember what the qualification, they both work for Lego. I don't remember. Oh, no, I do. The man's qualifications is he designs all the like super complicated, realistic architectural Lego kits. Mm-hmm. And the woman's qualification is she works for Lego Friends, which is a brand that I hate that it exists. I hate that we have to have separate Legos for girls. It infuriates Aww. me. So I was angry that they had to play into those stereotypes. But practically, when they're judging and giving feedback, I, I found them to be fine. What did you think? Sounds like you have some thoughts. I thought that they were kind of mean in their criticism. Mm. I guess, you know how if you're, like, giving somebody feedback, you're supposed to, like, lead with a positive thing mm-hmm. and then get into what you think went wrong? Um, I didn't find that they did that very much. I guess it might be, like, a different school of thought as far as reality television hosts or 
judges rather are concerned because you definitely have different camps in other shows, right? Right. And it could be editing because they had to edit down 15 hours into like 50 minutes. Mm -hmm. It could be maybe the corporate culture at Lego is just super blunt and direct. Um, I should give them the benefit of the doubt, but I don't know. I was cringing every time the guy like gave feedback. Speaking of cringing, I'll try not to be too spoilery here, but there was one build and the judges were like, before they even went to destroy it, because the whole point of the destruction was that it was supposed to look super cool when it smashed. So the team brought it out and the judges were like, why did you use so much negative space here? I don't think it's going to look good when it smashes. And then they smashed it. And it's like the two guys that built it were like, jumping up and down and hooting and being like this looked cool and literally everyone else was just like poker faced like it did not look good and these two guys were having a comically big celebration over how good they thought it looked and will arnett totally called them on it (laughs) yeah yeah i liked that part did you think that this show improved your Lego vocabulary. Like, I learned a lot of food vocabulary from Top Chef. Mm -hmm. Tons. I think probably if we were building more actively with Legos, which we are not, I mean, we have a bunch of them, but we don't really do the kits yet. Mm -hmm. I did like the uh, introduction of the term snot, which is studs not on top, which I guess is what Mm -hmm. happens when you build circles. Mm -hmm. So a little bit. How about you? Yeah, I've never thought of a Lego structure is having negative space before. They also used the male judge said something was a well articulated mm-hmm. sculpture, which is also not something I've ever noticed out of my kids' creations. <laughs> but now I'm definitely going to use that. So if you were challenged in either the theme park, dream park, or the space smash, or possibly both, do you have an idea of what you would build? Oh. I was so impressed by most of the teams because they, I don't really build with Legos other than to make like a house. Right. (laughs) Same. (laughs) A spaceship that's not, that's like, uses like eight pieces. And all right angles. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I would love to be in that room with like all the bins of color coded Legos and like to see all the different parts maybe that would allow me to be a little more creative mm-hmm. I just this what the teams did is way beyond my skill set oh so for I sure me too tell you what I would want to build for yeah. those challenges how about you you know I wrote this on the doc and then I couldn't think of anything like yeah I I too am not the skilled with Legos at all but it was very impressive to see Mm-hmm. Yeah. So were you able to compare it to another television show that's maybe more geared towards adults and less family friendly? I mean, we've mentioned them already, like Top Chef for sure, mm-hmm. Project Runway for sure. And watching this made me nostalgic for those shows. Mm-hmm. I think they're both still on, but I just haven't watched them since I had kids, probably. Yeah. I definitely let all of my competition reality shows fall by the wayside. Yeah. Were you able to compare it to anything besides the ones we've already talked about? Well, a little bit 
the shows because I was thinking about the partner aspect because you always have to rely on the other person. So it made Mm -hmm. me think of So You Think You Can Dance, which Mm -hmm. was amazing. And I believe actually it does not air anymore. And what's the other? Oh, Dancing with the Stars. Okay. Okay. But yeah, there's no like really equivalent adult only geared reality show because it doesn't. I mean, it's not like The Bachelor or The Bachelorette. Are there any other adult? I mean, Naked and Afraid. What about Amy Poehler's show? Oh, but I feel like it's a similar vibe to this one in that it could easily be for the whole family, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh, the salon one. Oh, the- yeah. Tabitha. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we just don't watch enough reality TV to be able to compare it very well. Um, were you able to cast or dream up a gritty HBO reboot? That's a tough one because I really liked this. I thought it was great. I think you could do a Lego show where the challenges were a little more R-rated. Mm-hmm. Make it less suitable for the whole family, mm-hmm. which would be kind of funny. Like build an S&M parlor out of Legos or <laughs> a crime scene out of Legos. <laughs> I was kind of thinking along those same lines, but I was thinking kind of a mashup between this show and and MacGyver and the Saw franchise. Okay, so, so stay with me here. <laughs> so the challenge is you are like locked in a room with your teammate and you're you have like a limited amount of Legos. And you have to build something to allow you to, I don't know, escape whatever trap you're in or like unlock the door or break the window or whatever. It could be different every time. Like you have to MacGyver some stuff to get out of the situation with Legos. And then the host is just a dude, it doesn't matter who, wearing that mask from the Saw franchise, like the Jigsaw mask, but it's made of Legos. Wow. That freaks me out. I try. (laughs) So do you think it was better when we were kids? No. Yeah, reality TV, this is how old we are, guys. Reality TV didn't even really become a thing before we were in high school. Right. It just didn't exist. Right. Yeah, I was explaining the show Survivor to my kids and how reality TV was like a new thing and there was just the one show and they could not comprehend. Not that they've even seen reality television that much but I could tell I sounded like an old person I mean I guess we had like those kind of kids team adventure competition shows like Legends of the Hidden Temple or Guts or even I guess Double Dare to go back to something we've covered before Mm -hmm. but definitely as a grown-up this was way more fun and I think when I was a kid and maybe this is just the time and place that I was from, but Legos were not a gender neutral toy. Like my brother had Legos and he played with Legos, but I was never really encouraged to play with Legos. I was never given Legos. So I think it's, I know you don't like Lego friends and I totally understand why you don't like it, but I do think Legos are for every child now. In a way that they weren't in the 80s. That's a really good point. Like, is it better to have gender segmented silos of Legos or to make girls feel like they can't play with Legos at all? Ugh, that's so sad that those are the choices. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
So would you ever watch this alone voluntarily? I would not. But as a family show, like something I want to watch with my kids, I definitely would. And it's tremendously better than uh, Ninja Warrior, which is the show that we have watched as a family together. (laughs) This is way better. You know, I was thinking back to a couple episodes ago when we reviewed Get Out of My Room. Mm-hmm. which is a, like an HGTV style show for kids. And we were super favorable towards that show. It was the first family-oriented reality show we had reviewed, but this is leaps and bounds better. Yeah, I kind of should... want to retcon my review of Get Out of My Room because I would much rather watch this with my family. A hundred percent, yes. So we've kind of already covered it, but 10 seconds on whether this is good for our kids. I think it's great. Did you watch it with them or... I, we watched the first episode, all of us, and then Libby and I watched the second episode. She was super into it. I was actually a little worried about our recaps today because I watched it with Jay and he just would not shut up. Like everything was a question. <laughs> yeah, Libby talked her way through it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. The moment of truth. Ratings? I would give it a five. I will happily continue to watch it, and I probably will, like not even for the podcast, but I think until Will Arnett proves himself to me a little bit more, I have to go for. Not feeling the Lego Batman love. It's weird because he was great at Lego Batman, but maybe he just needs someone else to write his scripts. Blame it on the writers. (laughs) Sorry. Thank you for listening to this episode of It's My Screen Time 2. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. You can check out our website at myscreentime2.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash myscreentime2. We'll continue the conversation there, and you can find out what we're covering in the next episode. You can tweet us with show or movie suggestions, article recommendations, or general comments at, at myscreentime2. Email us at myscreentime2 at gmail.com. Our theme music was composed and performed by me and my adorable children, and our podcast is produced by Katie. Tune in next time for more real talk about the movies and TV beloved by kids and tolerated by parents.